For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation. Welcome to another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Dennis Ackerman. Pleased to be joined, as always, by former Raider great Stanford Route. Stan, how are we doing? Pretty good, pretty good. We are moving the way we are moving our our way through this preseason. We've already got a uh, two get two weeks under our belt. If you include the Week One Steelers versus Cowboys and Hall of Fame game, so uh, now we're getting to the second main week of the preseason, and really we just got two two after. Uh, I'm sorry, one after this coming weekend because it's only three preseason games. So uh, we're trucking away. Uh, <laughs> right that along season and, opener is going to uh, be here before we know it. Yeah, it September really will, September will be here before we know it. Like you just said, Raiders and uh, Ravens Monday Night Football. Man, the days are falling off the calendar, aren't they? They are indeed. And the Raiders spent part of this week here in Southern California scrimmaging the L.A. Rams. And Thursday's scrimmage was actually cut forty five minutes short because the amount of fights that were breaking out between the two teams. They're going to play Saturday at SoFi Stadium. And I've heard wonderful things about the venue. I'm anxious to get there yes. myself. And Stan, as you know, and very few starters play during the preseason. However, scrimmages are different. And a lot of times we see the ones going up against the other team's ones. So are scrimmages more of a barometer for coaches to evaluate where their team is in the process of getting ready for the upcoming season? Oh, definitely. Especially when you're playing against teams like the Rams or the Chargers, those teams out there in L.A., because they don't want to play their starters at all during the preseason. So the only way you're going to be able to be able to get some looks, whether it's a Hunter Renfro versus a Jalen Ramsey in the slot, the only way you're going to be able to see that is in the practices, a.k.a. the scrimmages before the preseason game on Saturday. So definitely in today's football, in today's day and age of the NFL, Yes, you actually want to see those joint practices because that's going to be your best way to be able to evaluate the starter level players because oftentimes you're seeing more and more teams not play any of their starters at all throughout the preseason. And mind you, it's only three preseason games now. So that's one game that's knocked off the docket. So you're getting less and less chances to actually be able to evaluate your players as much as you want to possibly do that. Let's face it, the preseason now is for the guys – for all those twos and threes, and a lot of those guys are going to be backup and special teams players. Stan, when you played, who were some of the teams that you scrimmaged against, and what? how much did you guys able to take away from it? Was uh, it different we, when you guys did it? I mean, it was a little bit different. Uh, pretty much, for the most part, anytime that you are playing a team on that weekend, whether it's Friday or Saturday, whenever the preseason game is, usually there may be oftentimes where you scrimmage against them in practice, joint practice, whatever you want to call it, just so you can go ahead and get a different look besides just the game on Saturday. And also, you're not getting to the point of the season, of the preseason, where as a player, you're getting tired of going against 
the same guy every day. If you're a D tackle, you're always going against the same center. If you're a corner, you're always going against the same receiver and one-on-one drills, things like that, 707 team. If you're a linebacker, you're always seeing the same running back. So you're you want to break up the monotony. So also that's one of the upsides to it. It's just seeing a different face on top of the fact that coaches can now evaluate you against a certain level player in a different jersey, a different uniform. So there's a myriad of plus. There's a myriad of benefits to actually having these joint practices. But off the top of my head, I remember we would have a joint practice against the Texans before we played them back in my rookie year. We had joint practices against the 49ers. I believe that we may have had one other team. It just it just slips my mind. But I can definitely remember off the top of my head the 49ers and the Texans in uh, years that we would play them on Friday or Saturday in the preseason. So, Stan, let's say you scrimmage them on Wednesday, Thursday, and then you play them on Saturday. How much of the playbook do you really install during the scrimmages? How much can you put in? I think that, I mean, well, we were always running man coverage, so it really wasn't too much <laughs> we could we could go ahead right. and implement on the defense side of the ball. But it's the preseason, so you're not going to show your hand too much. What it is is that coaches want to see, okay, I'm not trying to see can you absorb the playbook to the nth degree. I want to know can you play fast? Do you know what's going on? Do you understand the nuances of your position? Are you able to be effective? And are you going to be able to help my team be successful September throughout December and on into January and February if we were to make it that far? So really, coaches just want to see, can you handle the load right now? Mentally, it's going to be very light. But can you handle the moment? Can you tackle that running back? Can you cover that receiver? Can you make that catch in that traffic? As a quarterback, can you go ahead and decipher the defense and be able to pick them apart? As a running back, can you hit that hole before the defensive tackle swallows you up and before the Mike linebacker takes your head off? Things like that. They really just want to see, can you play? And if you're a veteran, if you're a, a starter, do you still have it? Did you lose a step since last season? Are you still able to make the same plays that you were able to make last year and then some? So... You're not going to have a huge absorption absorption of the playbook. You're not going to do that, especially not going into week two of the preseason, anything like that, because coaches do not want to tip their hand because teams will go ahead and scout a little bit in the preseason to give a little bit of a precursor into what you're going to do in the regular season. So you're going to get a lot of vanilla. You're going to get a lot of window dressing. You're going to get a lot of somebody hiding their hand, things like that when it comes to preseason, because most importantly, you just want to know, can the young guys play? Did we draft the right guy? Are they going to be able to help us in the, in the regular season? Or do we need to go ahead, cut them, move on, see about potentially getting a trade or signing another free agent or something like that to go ahead and fill that position? Just FYI, the Raiders are six and a half point underdogs against the Rams. And if you're into sports betting, bet online is where you should go to win money today. If you're a football better, there are tons of futures and props you can wager on as well. Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Stan, I want to go back to last week's game against the Seattle Seahawks. And quarterback Nathan Peterman played nearly the entire game. I mean, obviously the Raiders were resting 
starter Derek Carr and then backup Marcus Mariota was also resting because of an injury. And I thought Peterman played pretty well. I mean, he led the Raiders on four scoring drives. He completed nearly 75% of his passes. And I thought he looked very comfortable in John Gruden's system. I mean, he's been mm -hmm. part of it now for three years. And look, I understand it's preseason, and he was going up against a lot of Seattle's twos and threes, guys that probably won't even be on the field during the regular season. But I think he played pretty well, and here's what he had to say following his performance. Every time you go out there, whether it's preseason practice, whatever it is, I'm, I'm always uh, got something to prove, I feel like. So uh, that's what it was today, and just, just happy to go out there, have some fun, and, and get a win. All right, Stan, heading into the season, how do you feel about the Raiders' overall quarterback situation? I think that you have, obviously, Derek Carr, somebody who's got something to prove. He's tired of being disrespected. He wants to earn a new contract. He knows that I got to get this team into the playoffs. We have to make some noise in the playoffs to go ahead and secure the bag, secure my contract extension, secure to John Gruden that I am the man for the job going forward. I think that with the backup in Marcus Mariota, you have an X factor. You have somebody who obviously can make plays on his feet, somebody who can still make plays in the air. He was number two overall for a reason coming out of Oregon several years ago. We saw how he played against the Los Angeles Chargers on Thursday Night Football last year. So clearly we can see that the moment is not too grand for him. He's able to come in there and be effective. So I think that when you look at Peterman, obviously number three in the depth chart, played good last week, albeit it was against a lot of the third string, fourth stringers for the Seattle Seahawks. And just like I said before, it's a lot of vanilla defenses. They're not trying to go ahead and confuse him, things like that. We remember back when he was with the Buffalo Bills, exactly how many interceptions he threw in that game against the Chargers. So I don't think that the quarterback position is a position of weakness or a position that needs to be heavily addressed going into the season. I think that you're right where you need to be. Now, like I said before, if you can go out and get an Aaron Rodgers, a Deshaun Watson, you go out and get a Tom Brady, you can go out and get a Josh Allen or a Pat Mahomes or maybe a Justin Herbert. But outside of those six guys I just named, if you can't go and get them, you stand pat with a Derek Carr and you dance with a girl who bought you to the party. So I don't think that the quarterback position is any place on the field where the Raiders need to heavily actually look into that. I think that there's so many other positions on the field that they could go ahead and turn their attention to and address if they need to. Yeah, I agree. I look at this position. I'm like, this is clearly the one of strength for this football team. And then Stan, you know, I was looking at some of the other teams around the league, their quarterback situation. And explain this one to me. The New York Jets, you select Zach Wilson second overall. I mean, this is a guy you're going to build your franchise around. And you don't have a veteran behind him, someone who's been in the league, somebody he can learn from. I mean, I was looking at these quarterbacks they have on that roster, Stan. Josh Johnson. Mike White, who I think was the Raiders coach back in the mid-90s, if I'm not mistaken. And then they got some guy named James Morgan. I mean, who are these guys? And, and I look at the Green Bay Packers also, Stan. I mean, obviously Aaron Rodgers is one of the top three quarterbacks in the, in the league. Yes. But heaven forbid something happened to him. I mean, I think the Packers have shown they're not sold on Jordan Love, even though he was their first-round pick a year ago. And they were banking on him being the heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers. I'll go ahead and address what you first said about the Jets. And I think that right there just goes to the ineptness of 
the New York Jets organization from the owner to the GM all the way to the head coach. Robert Sala did a great job as the defense coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers for a couple of years. Obviously, he earned a head coaching job with the New York Jets, but I think that speaks to a little bit of his immaturity at being at the helm a little bit of his naivety being at the helm his inexperience not nothing against his football prowess he's a great defense coordinator great defensive mind like i said deserves the head coaching job but it speaks to the inexperience because if you bring in a young quarterback you need to have a veteran and mind you you bringing in josh wilson josh wilson looks like he is 14 years old he does Zach not look wilson. like he's even i'm sorry zach wilson he looks like he's he not does. even hit puberty yet. I agree. Now, like I said, he can throw the hell out of the football, no doubt about that, out of BYU. But he looks like he is a sophomore in high school. He does not even have a an ounce of facial hair on him, even peach fuzz. So just off of that alone and going into that New York market, you got to have a veteran, somebody who can go ahead, take him under their wing and show him, okay, for one, this is how you be a pro. That's number one. Number two, this is how you handle the New York media. This is how you got to handle the expectations versus what your expectations may be of yourself and what others may have and the reality and the dichotomy in between the two because Zach Wilson can very well go and have a pretty good year. But if the Jets go 3-13, and 13, people are going to be rumoring about, I'm sorry, they're going to be whispers about, Oh, he's a bust. He can't handle it. Things like that. And as a young player, the last thing you want to do is get to the point to where you're actually reading what's being written about you, because that will ruin your ego. It'll ruin your, your confidence. It'll ruin all of that, your self-esteem, everything. So that's where you got to have an older guy, someone to go ahead and help you navigate through these treacherous waters that you're going to be going through. And especially in that New York media, in that New York market with the expectations of, oh, if we took him number two overall, he's got to at least be seven and uh, seven and 10 this year. He's at least got to be eight and nine or something like that. Uh, slow down. You got a rookie head coach. You got a rookie quarterback. It is going to be some tough sledding going forward. And that's where somebody needs to go and sit him down and explain to him, hey, this is going to be a process. It is not going to happen overnight. Rome was not built in a day. And believe me, the New York media, the fans, they're going to get on you. Just go ahead and accept it and expect it. That way, when it happens, it's not a shock to you. So, yes, you definitely need to go ahead and have somebody else in the fold. And I think that when you go to the Green Bay Packers, obviously, Jordan Love looked pretty good against the Houston Texans last week. Didn't look like Dan Marino, but looked pretty good. When people say it's obvious the Packers are not sold on Jordan Love, mind you, he was drafted last year. It was a COVID year. There wasn't much of training camp, wasn't much preseason, things like that. So already he was a project being drafted out of Utah State. He was a project no matter what. No OTAs. No preseason. That already is going to stunt the enormous amount of growth he was going to need anyways. So when you factor in, are they really, really not sold on him? Well, when you base it on the fact they want Aaron Rodgers back, it's Aaron freaking Rodgers. Who wouldn't want him back? So I don't think that to say they're not sold on him because they want Aaron Rodgers back, I don't think that those two have to be mutually inclusive together. I think they could be exclusive. I think that you can... I think you can be lukewarm. You can be kind of, let's just say, indifferent in one aspect, 
but you really, really want what is obviously your proven commodity. He was the MVP last year for crying out loud. So to want him back doesn't mean that they're not sold on Jordan Love. I think that uh, I think that those two do not have to go hand in hand. I think my point, though, more Stan, and sorry if I wasn't more clear on this. If 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 Derek Carr goes down, or if Aaron Rodgers goes down, who am I more confident going with? Marcus Mariota is my backup, or Jordan Love is my backup? Ooh. Um, oh, it's got to be Marcus. Well, I can say uh, I, I'll I'll push back and I'll play devil's advocate. Okay. To say that, obviously, Marcus Mariota, he's been in the league a lot longer. Obviously, uh, we, we can see that. But I'll say this. Marcus Mariota was Heisman Trophy winner. Draft number two overall, Tennessee Titans. Was a backup, got benched for Ryan Tannehill back in 2019. The Tennessee Titans drafted him number two overall. Just like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers drafted Jameis Winston number one overall. Same draft class. And they both let those guys walk right out the front door. Not oftentimes do guys go one or two overall and do not receive a contract extension. Blake Bortles went number three back in, I think, 2014. He got a nice little extension by the Jacksonville Jaguars. So it just goes to show, if you're drafted that high at quarterback and the team doesn't give you a contract extension, that just shows how much they don't believe in you because they're letting you, they're willing to let you walk it out the front door. So mind you, we're talking about if Derek Carr goes down, we're talking about a guy that Tennessee benched let walk right out the front door and was not able to acquire or command a contract or a, a suitor within the NFL that's willing to give him a chance to compete for a starting job coming into last season. So mind you, Jordan Love is just unproven. But as far as Marcus Mariota, I can make the argument to say that in some cases, you would rather go with the unproven guy because you don't know what you're getting versus the one that, okay, well, I feel like I kind of already know what he is because we've seen him for about five years, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I get it. And you're not wrong on that. But just to play devil's advocate, I can make an argument to say I'd much rather go and roll the dice than with the person who is proven to be average or proven to have his own limitations, which is documented and well pointed out by his previous team that was willing to let him walk right out the front door. I almost feel like teams and especially general managers today have that approach in the draft when it comes to quarterback. Oh, we've seen this guy in college play for three years. We know what we got. Hey, here's this one year wonder. He only played one year, but man, let's take a, let's take a flyer on him because he was so outstanding. You know, I, I don't know. I'm always hesitant about guys who only play one year in college and everybody's raving about him. I'd rather go with a, Proven commodity like a Deshaun Watson who's and, still good in Clemson, you know. And, and and to your point, Dennis, that actually is one of the ways to really finesse the system when going into the NFL draft or even the NBA draft for that matter, is because if you only play for one year, like let's say uh, uh Haskins out of Ohio State, you only play for one year, but right. you really, really are a stud in that year. They don't have multiple years of tape to break down to actually look at your weaknesses as a reason to go ahead and draft you lower or push you down the draft board. So sometimes scarcity can help you because that's the only sample size that they have to go ahead and evaluate. So in those situations, oftentimes it'll help you. I mean, you look at, I can name countless players throughout in the NFL draft where that's why they would come out as a junior because they have minimal tape on you and they can't use anything else other than the unknown 
as a reason to not draft because if they're simply judging you off of your tape, well, you had a good sophomore year, you had a good junior year, they can't say, well, because I didn't see him a fourth season, I have to assume the fourth season would have been lackluster and that would be a reason for me to go ahead and and, uh, draft him lower. You can't do that. All you got to do is just evaluate what's right there in front of you. So oftentimes that will help you in the draft if you have a good sophomore year, good junior year, or just a really, really good junior year, like a uh, like a Dwayne Haskins at Ohio State, or even kind of like this Zach Wilson, uh, you know, that we're talking about. Sometimes having just that one good year or that just two good years will really help you just because they don't have a reason to go ahead and hold that against you. All right, our final topic, and this one is met with some obviously some pushback. The Raiders announced that are going to require proof of vaccination for all attendees yes. of home games yes. at Allegiant Stadium this season. Now, the policy is going to go into effect for the team's next game, which is the regular season opener, as you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier in the show, against the Baltimore Ravens on September the 13th. Now, the team is offering vaccinations at the games. And as you know, Raiders didn't have any fans at home games last year. And here's Raiders owner Mark Davis on why this decision was made. I think people forget that we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Um, it's not over yet. And so we've listened to Governor Sislak. We've spoken with him on a number of things. And I think what he came up with here was uh, two, two options that we could have followed. And health and safety is always number one in everything that we do. And we just feel that this part of the process, the way that he came up with it, is uh, the one that we're going to follow. He may change at some point in time in the next month or so before our first game. We don't know that. But right now, what we've got is certainty, at least for the Raider fans, that we're going to have full capacity without masks in that stadium. And... For, for that that certainty, I'm just very thankful to the governor for coming up with something that will work for us. Stan, what do you think of the Raiders' decision? Oh, now I did it. <laughs> <laughs> this is something that has been a very polarizing and divisive topic over the last 20 months, number one. But as far as when the NFL sports is concerned, probably a little bit over the last nine months, but for the NFL, (laughs) over about the last three and a half weeks, has it become a powder keg? So I'll go ahead and uh, I'll I'll find my way to detonate said powder keg. I have no problem with it whatsoever. And And this is why. Whether you choose to get vaccinated or not, that's your that's your freaking call. It is as a human being. I, I have my own personal feelings. So I'm I. vaccinated. I got vaccinated back in March. I got my second vaccine back on April 2nd. So uh, I'm vaccinated. I'm a germaphobe. I believe to always try to put myself in the best position. Obviously, I'm not perfect, but put myself in the best position. I always try to avoid germs or viruses, whatever you want to call it. That's me. Now, this is where human beings on planet Earth, you're from planet Mars, you're from Uranus. I'm, this don't apply to you. But for anybody who's born on planet Earth, this is one thing I will say. And this even goes back to, you know, how players were feeling about not wanting to feel like they were pressured to be vaccinated, things like that. So I'll just leave this for the fans. Now, if there was a mandate to say something about if you want to live on planet Earth, you want to live in the United States, you want to live in Mexico or Spain, France, whatever, and you can't live here without a vaccination, 
okay, then you know what? We're probably going a little bit too far because now you're just controlling. And that's not part of democracy, which is what the U.S. of A. was founded upon. Understood. But wait a minute. Answer this, Dennis. If you want to go to a club in Hollywood, you want to go to a club in, let's say, Las Vegas, they have a right to hold you at the, in, in, in the line at the door. They have a right to not let you in and say, oh, we're filled to capacity, or oh, you're not in dress code, or oh, this, or whatever. Correct or incorrect? Oh, it's correct. I mean, there's guidelines and rules for everything. Exactly what you just said, guidelines and rules. So because somebody wants to set a guideline or a rule that you don't agree with, you know what you have the opportunity to do? To not go. And that's where a lot of fans feel that it's a right for you to be admitted into that stadium. No, it is not. No. That is still a privately owned business. Now, obviously, Mark Davis is the owner of the, of the Las Vegas Raiders, but that's privately owned. You can't go right now. Trust me, I would if I could. You can't go right now to uh, Dow Jones or NASDAQ and go and buy stock in the Raiders. You can't do that. Trust me, I would if I could. So just off of that alone, it's not public. It's still privately owned, which means, guess what? You have to deal with the guidelines, the rules of the private owner, period. Whether you agree with it, whether you disagree with it, whether you want to get vaxxed, whether you don't, who the hell cares? Point is, that's the rule. That's the guideline. You either deal with it or you don't. But all of this, oh, it's not right. And it should be, no, 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 no. People shouldn't die of cancer, but they do. So I think that we have to also understand what it is, not what it should be, not what it could be, not what it would be, what it is. And plain and simple, nobody's saying, oh, you got to be vaxxed if you want to uh, be a citizen in the United States, or you got to be vaxxed if you want to live on planet Earth. Nobody's saying that. They're just saying if you want to go to that, that huge spaceship that's right over there off the strip in Las Vegas, Nevada, that's, that's cold black, if you want to walk into that stadium, you got to be vaccinated. If you don't want to be vaccinated, you don't have to go to the stadium. It's a privilege to go watch the Las Vegas Raiders play in person. It's not a right. And I think that's where so many people get it confused because they feel that, oh, well, you know, this is America and it's a free country. Yes, it is. It's a free country as far as living here, being a citizen. But you can't just walk into the hottest club in Hollywood, uh, Los Angeles, or in Las Vegas, Nevada, and not be in dress code or simply not be acting right. If you walk into a restaurant and they say no smoking and you start smoking, what are they going to do? They're going to kick your ass up out of there. So you have rules and you have protocols that you have to follow, period. But I think so many people feel like, well, because I don't agree with the rule you're saying, I want to go and I want to speak out on it. Bruh, you can just simply not go and watch the damn game on TV like everybody else who is not at that stadium. It is that plain and simple. And I think for so many people, they want to make it into something that it's not or make it into something more than what it should be. I see that uh, the New Orleans Saints, they've also done something like that where they want their uh, every all their fans to be vaccinated. And I get it. It's simply put, Mark Davis did not attend any of the games last year because he wanted to honor the Stay that he wanted to honor the mandate. He wanted to honor the rules, the suggestions of social distancing. Let me go ahead and do my part, things like that. So for him to go ahead and, and, and make that make that mandate, 
to go ahead and implement that rule and implement that requirement. I don't have any problem with it. Hey, people that choose to get vaccinated or not vaccinated, whatever, that's your call. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm already freaking tired as it is. But you cannot sit up there and tell somebody how they should run their business. This is something that even players, we have to understand. And yeah, I, I, Stan, I applaud Mark Davis for making this decision. I mean, he had to make one last year, as you mentioned, no fans in attendance. And Stan, you know as well as I do, that cost him millions of dollars. Yes. But he put the health and safety of the people above the almighty dollar, which you know a lot of owners would not do. No, they're not doing that. Nope. So many owners are not doing that. And that's where, like I said, where people have to understand. And this is something my old man always taught me. If there's something you don't like, you have that. You have your right to not like it. No doubt about that. Now, if you truly, truly, truly want to change something, like my father always taught me, you go develop a plan, save your coins, and then you can go and own your own company, own your own business, buy your own NFL franchise, and then you can run it any way you damn well please. Yep. But if you're not going to go through all of that to then get to a position where you now can call the shots, you can do what you can do whatever you please, then you're at the mercy of the owner. Period. Right, wrong, indifferent, whether you like it, who cares? But that's just the harsh reality of it. You own your own home, you can do whatever the hell you want with it. Own your own car, you can do whatever the hell you want with it. If you don't own it, you can't go and make those calls. You can't go and make those decisions. And that's one thing fans have to understand that either or get off the pot. Yep. You know, Mark Davis also said in his press conference, he's going to refund season ticket holders if they don't want to get the vaccine. You know, and he also made it brought up the point, you know, we are, <laughs> we're, we're COVID fatigued. And I think that is yes. definitely very accurate, but we're also in the middle of this pandemic still. Um, yes, but like you are. said, Stan, you said, this is Mark Davis's franchise. It's his business. It's his life. And he can make the rules and the guidelines however he wants. Yes. You know, and I've seen people react on Twitter saying, you know, I don't need to go to the games. I have this wonderful man cave at home. Perfect. The mandate. Okay. And like Perfect. you said, everyone is entitled to how they feel. And if they don't want to get vaccinated, I'll respect that. That's your opinion. That's how you feel. But there's consequences for your lack of action is Absolutely. what I'm going to say it. Absolutely. And to get angry about Mark Davis's decision and his belief that he's doing what's in the best interest for the fans, the Raiders, this franchise, that's a complete head scratcher if you're getting upset with him. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Took the words right out of my mouth. I think it just goes to show that as a country, because it is a democracy, because we can vote on who we want to have in office, because we can vote on our leaders, because we have a say-so, because we have a voice. What happens is, and you notice this whenever you travel abroad, you notice this whenever you travel to other countries and you actually have conversations with the natives. You see, man, as Americans, we are effing spoiled. We really, really are. It's just, it just a hint of somebody telling us what we can't do. What do we do? We fly off the handle. You can't tell me what I can't do. It's a free country. And this is the United States of America and this and the other. Uh, true. <laughs> very, very true. Democracy. You got a right to bear arms. You got a right 
to freedom of speech. You have the right to freedom of press, religion, assembly, all of that. You can invoke the Fifth Amendment. Guess what? You are innocent till proven guilty. That's not the case in a lot of other countries. You have all of those rights. But to be able to just walk into any building in America in any way you damn well please and say, F the guy who owns this, I'm going to walk in here because I simply want to, and I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. It says no smoking. I'm going to fire up a blunt. It says that there's a dress code. I'm going to come in here in basketball shorts and flip-flops. No, that's not how it works. And I don't know who raised you for you to think it works like that. So I think that for a lot of Americans, they take the uh, they take the land of the free, home of the brave. They take that that statement and they run with it and they blow it up into many proportions that it does not belong in, thinking that, you know, I can walk in any damn well place in America, any damn well way I please. No, that's not how it works. So kudos to Mark Davis for putting his foot down and saying, hey, listen, <laughs> I'll even fund you your money back, which is a huge F you because it's like, I don't even need your money, so I'm going to hand it back to you. They're better than I would. They're better than I would be. Like, because it would be simply be, I re would release a statement. It would go out to the press, just like how I saw it the other day about the Allegiant Stadium now demanding, I'm sorry, not demanding, but requiring that you have a vaccination. And if somebody goes and uh, buys season tickets and they're not vaccinated, I ain't giving you no refund because that doesn't mean you can't read. Or that just means you think you're special and you think you're going to find a way to sift through uh, and, uh, and, and try to get through the system. No, that's not happening. I'm not giving you a damn money back. I can tell you like that. You just lost that because you can't read or simply you think you're special. I don't know which one of it is. I don't care, but I'm having your money in my pocket because that's your dumb ass for not paying attention, thinking that you're special. And I think that, you know, when you really, really look all the way around the league, you'll probably see more teams doing it. They have not announced it yet, at least not that I've seen. But I think that um, ultimately you got to find a way because now we got this whole Delta variant thing going. You see, I've seen in Texas just the other day, there's 250 kids who have already been hospitalized with with uh, testing positive for uh, for COVID. And like I said, not just testing positive, they've been hospitalized. 250 kids. And mind you, we just started the new school year in all the elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, what have you, this week or some last week. We're 11 days, I'm sorry, nine days into school and already having that. So when you really look at it from that aspect, and then you see Florida having, having such a high rate, breaking records, it seems like every day, whether it's Texas, you see New York, they're now putting up a mandate to where now, like if you wanna enter any of the restaurants or gyms, you got to show proof of vaccination. So I think that that probably very well be where this country, or at least certain states, more cities are probably headed just because we got to find a way to slow this down. Last year, was it was COVID-19. Now it's the Delta variant. So I think you, you got to find ways to slow this down. And I think that whenever you start to look at everything from just your personal perspective and not big picture, that is exactly what Mark Davis is trying to avoid of trying to find the greater good. We got to think about this in totality for everybody. How's it going to be beneficial to us all, not just for your specific case, because you feel like you're immune to COVID-19 or you feel like it hasn't affected you intimately yet or what have you, or it's against your religion or it's against your political party that you, uh, that you want to go and promote or get behind. So I think that 
it, it, it's so far above all of that. But so many people, all they care about is I want my football. I want it now. I want to watch the Baltimore Ravens versus the Las Vegas Raiders on Monday Night Football. And that's all I care about. And this is blah, blah, blah. Like, dude, you're completely missing the bigger picture. You're completely missing the higher point. But kudos to Mark Davis. I love him for that. Agreed. And I'm sure it'll be a packed house on that Monday night game against the Ravens. Partner, good stuff as always. We hit a lot of topics. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Um, definitely hit so many topics today, man. Uh, as you can see, I'm I'm fired up and I'm you passionate are. about a lot of these things. So, yeah, I think that, uh, like I said, you know, I love this podcast. I love our episodes. So, <laughs> I just, I get, I get a little carried away sometimes. No, yes. not at all. It's good. It's great. I love your passion, man. I do. And I know the fans do as well. And next week we'll have a special guest. will be Omar Ruiz from the NFL Network. will be joining us. All right, Raider Nation. That's going to do it for another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast presented by betonline.ag. For my outstanding partner, Stanford Route, I'm Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening. And may all your punts find the coffin corner. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.